Hey, well, welcome into another Pastor Doug Talks About episode. I'm Garrett, and I'm actually here with uh, Nick Burns. So, Nick Burns, welcome into the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. This is our worship director at Grace Fellowship. He's been on staff here for how long, Nick? Since July. Since July, so... Not even a year. Yeah, not even a year. And for a month of that, you were gone in Ukraine, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was doing missions work in Ukraine for a solid month, like right after you got hired. So uh, it's good to have you here. Uh, this is not Pastor Doug. And so... Turns this, out. Yeah, turns out, you know, Pastor Doug Talks About is the title of this podcast. But today, we are shifting a little bit into a Nick Burns Talks About. Nick Burns, because really, I want to introduce you to a lot of our congregation, a lot of other people who may not be necessarily part of our congregation, but have checked us out periodically or just are familiar with us. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to um, kind of really introduce you more on a personal level to some more people. Um, I have had the pleasure of getting to know you quite well over the last six, eight months or so, and it's been great. And um, we realized, you know, aside from being on stage in a couple different church events, a lot of people just don't know you that well. So yeah, I'm excited for people to get to know you a little better. I think this might be the kind of perfect way for for that to happen. Yeah, it's still, it's kind of funny because um, it doesn't feel like it's only been six months in a good way. Yeah. Like, uh, it it definitely feels like I've, I've been here a lot longer. So whenever anyone brings up that I've only been here since like, you know, July or, uh, kind of August, then it's, it's kind of a surprise to me. Yeah. And it only took you what, uh, four episodes to run pastor Doug out of his, uh, chair and take over. Yeah, so and it's uh, not a huge step from there to, to just kick him out of the church entirely. Exactly. So, so we're, we're almost there, but, yeah. uh, but for Baby now, steps. for now, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's, it is good to have you. And, um, like I said, I want to. I want people to know more about you as a person. So, um, really, kind of from as early as you want to tell us to what's brought you here to Grace Fellowship, kind of in all that's in between, um, things that you might find fascinating for people to know about you. So, I have some basic questions for you today, kind of just get to know you type questions, talk about your journey. But honestly, feel free to take us wherever you want to go, because it could go very many different ways. Um, ultimately, we just want to get to know you better. But let's start real simple. Where'd you grow up? Well, uh, first half of my life, I grew up in Norwalk. So, uh, like uh, Bellflower area, mm-hmm. kind of around there. Second half of my life, we moved over to uh, Corona, Riverside area in like 2002, 2003, roundabout. And uh, it was it was nice because it was a brand new community, but it was uh, kind of stinky because it was uh, surrounded by cows. So it was yeah, stinky in a very literal sense. Literally stinky, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but I've, I I enjoy it. I, I enjoy Riverside. It's, it's a great community and it's, uh, I think there was like a... It's a kind of a tangent, but I think they got voted for like most generous population in some county or something like that, something like that. But um, and it and it shows. But uh, really good people over there. Yeah, awesome. So you you said the pretty much first half of your life you were in Norwalk. Um, does that mean all the way basically through high school? Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm older now, so. <laughs> maybe first third of my life <laughs> the older i get the the more that number uh anyway uh so yeah it, it was just kind of like a uh 
pre-K through elementary school. Okay. And then right before junior high uh, was when we switched over. And uh, so that was like my first experience with public school was when I came to Corona. And that was a bit of a culture shock. There. So were you homeschooled before that? No, it was a, a private Christian school. Oh, okay. Brethren Elementary. Oh, nice. I don't think it exists anymore. Because I was homeschooled until about that same time. So also for me, junior high was like my first exposure to non-controlled schooling. <laughs> and it was a shock. So I, I, I can relate to that for sure. Um, so what about, did you... What did you do after school? Like, what did you have a career path in mind? Were you just always working at the church? What was what was going on? Did you go to school, uh, college or? Well, from from about um, junior high all the way up until maybe sophomore year in high school, um, the plan was always going to be architect, architectural engineer, and I was good at it too. Won a, a award or two and got a free CAD program out of it and. Uh, things were looking up there. And then uh, when I got to junior year of high school, uh, that's when I came back to Christ and, uh, got tricked into leading worship. And then, um, is that like a youth group thing or yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then from, from there, God was just like, how about you make no money and you be a worship leader instead? And (laughs) here I am. Amen. <laughs> um, so what was it then? You said you came back to God. Like, what? what is that? Tell, tell us more about that. So, well, I, I say that in the sense that I I didn't necessarily walk away from, from God um, or entirely even. It was just kind of like a uh, uh, going to a private Christian school. You heard a lot about them. And then um, my parents being Catholic which was kind of weird that they sent me to a private Christian school. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really feel the desire to continue going to mass or church or service or anything like that uh, by the time we moved. So um, it wasn't necessarily me coming back to God. It was more I just finally had the opportunity to return to church. Okay. Because uh, that's when I started getting like my driver's license, or I, I knew people who did drive, or uh, my brother would take me occasionally to, to church, and and uh, it was like uh, coming home. Okay, so you say you have a brother. How many siblings do you have? Uh, one older, one younger. Okay, so great, another middle child. So but I'm I'm definitely oldest in maturity level okay <laughs> i would say the same thing but that's because i'm also the biggest liar of my siblings uh i'm definitely not the oldest in maturity level uh that'd be my oldest sister but yeah uh i i can relate to the the middle child syndrome that you probably had growing up was you know i'm surprised they gave us a podcast this is the only way we can actually get our voices heard apparently yeah <laughs> I always tell people, because uh, there's, there's like the middle child syndrome, and I always say that uh, because the rest of my family is so weird, <laughs> I'm weird in that I'm normal, because that's how I stand out. Yeah, I'm that just, makes sense. <laughs> but I won't, I won't turn this into a family trashing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have uh, Dr. Phil coming on next week. He'll, yeah. he'll actually help you out a little bit more. But um, Okay, so you architecture school was not it ultimately for you 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 kind of were roped into the church and just kind of found a calling there what was the passion i mean you obviously you're a musician now so were you always a musician is that just naturally where cards fell kind of for you um 
it is where the cars fell. I wouldn't say it came naturally, though. I, I worked very, very hard to get where I'm at. And um, But in high school, all of my friends, they all knew how to play guitar. And I was like the only one, only non-musician that was hanging out with everybody. So uh, at one point, they, they showed me the first two chords to Hey There Delilah <laughs> by Plain White Tees. And then uh, I was just like, oh, I... I understand it. And then I did a YouTube Academy and just started looking up like how to play and uh, figuring out guitar chords. And uh, I just fell in love with it. I literally played until my fingers bled. Mm-hmm. And and it was like this uh, immediate passion that like kind of just burned in me. So three months after I started learning how to play guitar, um, I asked our uh, youth pastor at the time if I could go on to the, the youth uh, team to help out there and uh, he said yes so within three months I was playing guitar for worship and uh, I was tricked into worship leading mm-hmm. um, he was doing both at the time he was a um, so just pastor and his his main calling or not calling uh, his main um, skill was in bass and he was a really good bass player um, so he was trying to lead worship for the youth ministry and then he would like try and switch and there was no there is no smooth transition from playing worship into now being a pastor yeah and so he slowly started just scooting me up towards the stage and threw a mic in front of me one day and he was just like so about how old were you like when you kind of started really actually leading I think I was 17, 18. Okay. Right about there. Right near the end of high school. Yeah. Okay. And then was that kind of immediately for you? You're just like, yeah, I could see this going long term. Or did that take years or a situation change? Or what, what kind of happened there? I think heart-wise, it was immediate. Mm. Um, but logically, um, I couldn't say out loud what was happening internally. Um, and that's just one of those things where if you don't really have a family who's like firmly rooted in who God is to explain to them that you want to be in ministry full time, um, isn't like the easiest conversation to have. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I was literally raised by people in ministry, so there's a very different kind of conclusion as to how I got here. (laughs) So it's interesting to hear someone who's definitely not in that sphere of influence and ministry that you still kind of navigated to that point. Did you find, uh, I don't want to get too into, into the weeds here, but what, uh, what did you find? Um, <laughs> like what were some of those, those hurdles that you had to get through to kind of, uh, move forward with this? It was a lot of just keeping it to myself, to be honest, Mm. because there were a couple of times where I tried to bring it up and say, hey, I'm kind of feeling like a a pull in this direction. You can't really explain a a pull to somebody who doesn't feel that connection to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the, the, the times that I did try to communicate with my parents like, hey, this is something I, I want to be doing for the rest of my life um, or until God calls me to do something else. And uh, it just, long story short, it did not go well. Yeah. Um, so it was a, a lot of, um, uh, a lot like Joseph, um, 
where it felt like a Joseph experience where he was explaining his dream to his brothers and saying like, hey, you're all going to like bow down to me. And even you, dad, you're going to bow down to me, too. And um, ultimately, yeah, brothers don't like that too much. You no, know, it turns out. And uh, <laughs> so um, one of my uh, mentors had told me, like, this is a great example of what happens when you explain a vision too soon. Hmm. And that's kind of what it was like with my family. So it was I knew the uh, the vision in my life that got placed on my heart. But to reveal that to a family that just was not ready to hear it um, was very abrasive. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Um, so, you know, we heard that you obviously got plugged into your, your church and your youth group and all that. Um, what kind of happened next? Like, was was that the church you were at until you just stumbled into our doors one day? Or what was the next steps for you ministry-wise? Uh, so I was there for about a decade. It was uh, so New Beginnings Community uh, Community Church in Norco, and uh, really great group of people over there. Um, they provided to me many many mentors. At just I was I was lucky. They they completely poured into me, um, and some of the most impactful moments were the ones where, like our head pastor would uh, have these one on ones with me, and say like this is what a man does and then he would kind of explain uh which for somebody who didn't have like a really strong uh father figure who was kind of just linking arms with me and saying those things like this is what a man does um to have that was such a blessing Mm -hmm. so i was i was there for a really really long time um and then they kind of turned themselves into a worship factory is uh, the way our our head pastor put it. And so um, around that time, um, I felt the call to go to Tennessee. And that was like a smaller church. It was an older church, um, about a century old. And um, they were looking to revitalize it. And essentially what ended up happening there was... um, I ruffled feathers and <laughs> tried to get them into the current century. And uh, <laughs> and a lot of people didn't like that. Um, they were not ready for it. And there was like a big old communica- uh, miscommunication about mm-hmm. um, what uh, modern music is and hymns. And that was, that was at like the height of the, the hymn versus sure. contemporary battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was <laughs> just not ready for it at all. Yeah. Yeah, because how old were you at that point? Uh, 22, somewhere between like 22 and 26. Okay. I try and forget that part. (laughs) So then what happened after that? Did you move back home? Yeah. yeah. Uh, So around that time or that same period of time, my parents got divorced. And and part of me moving to Tennessee was to kind of get away from that Mm. uh, battle going on. And uh, so when I moved back home, um, I was pretty much welcomed back to that that church with open arms. Um, They continued to pour into me, continued to train. And I think I was there for like another five years or so. And then they got a a satellite campus. And it was like their first satellite campus where uh, they were saying, hey, pour into this community. It was eerily similar to what was happening in Tennessee. In fact, the sanctuary looked very similar on the inside. So <laughs> <The> flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, some really bad deja vu. 
And uh, but it was it was like the opposite situation. Where oh, it was good. like, okay, this is this is good. We're we're making steps to actually revitalize it, and we're on the same page here. And um, yeah, so that that was good. So you were there for another how many years at that satellite campus? Um, I wasn't there too long. It was maybe a year or two. And uh, at that time, um, I was working at this coin company. um, And I was commuting like two hours in traffic one direction. Oh, boy. And two hours of traffic back home. And uh, I just could not keep it up. Yeah, no kidding. Doing that and worship leading at the same time was brutal. Um, so it was, it was a uh, really frustrating cause it was like, that's my calling. That's what I want to be doing. I don't want to be here at this coin company. Yeah. Um, and I, I just felt like I could not do it. So I took a step back from ministry for about two years before I found the, uh, the church plant I was at before grace. Okay. So you found a new church plant. Is that the case then? And and you started working. Was that like a, you got hired and started working there? Or was that like, how did that go? Yeah, so that, that might be a longer story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the, uh, without going into too much detail, because uh, that, that would be more of like a biography type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um for reasons i could not continue working at the coin company Mm -hmm. and uh i was jobless for like uh maybe two or three months uh found that that church plant um through like indeed and they really needed somebody who was going to uh take the reins of the previous worship leader who was on his way out to uh help his father who was getting sick and um yeah, it was it was a really good community. Um, and that was like local around where you were, or yeah, it, it was like a five ten minute drive. Okay, so pretty much lot. same as as Grace Fellowship. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then you were there for a year or two, right? And two years, yeah, two years, and then um, I believe, unless I'm jumping ahead, Grace Fellowship is next on the the list. Yeah. So tell us about how you heard about Grace Fellowship. Tell us about how you started working here like what was that process like yeah um so it was really cool how i found grace because um i i did have my feelers out um i did not need to so i was at a point where i didn't really need to leave the church plant and grace fellowship uh from what i understood didn't really need a worship leader um pastor made it very very clear that um you guys were doing just fine um, everyone was kind of pulling together and pushing forth and, and I listened to you guys, the services and it sounded great. So I was just like, I don't see why they really particularly need me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I didn't really see the uh, particular need to leave either, but, um, it was just one of those things where, um, God came and affirmed things on my side and he affirmed things on the elder side. And uh, everybody just came to agreement and uh, realizing like this is just something that God needs to do, even if we don't necessarily know why. Um, but man, it's it's a blessing to be here because uh, 
what a great group of people <laughs> yeah tell tell us I, I don't i don't mean this to like pat people on our backs like we can i just want to hear like what's your experience been like a grace fellowship like what has um been impactful for you so far what are you enjoying um obviously this is not a you're not going to blast <laughs> where you work right now so understandably but um i will say as your coworker, someone who sees you you know four days a week it's it's been great working with you it's been a new kind of we, we felt it as a church of like a, uh, what do they call it? Like an adrenaline booster. It just feels like, <laughs> man, we were, we were at a place for a while where it's like, yeah, we, you know, we were doing okay. God was working through people here and it was great to see, uh, people being empowered and being used in different ways. But it was also really nice to have someone come in and, and be able to add structure, add vision, add a fresh eye on things and add teaching, you know, from, on Sunday mornings where we can learn and grow in worship. So it's been great for us and just me working with you. It's been great, obviously. Um, so, so tell us about your experience so far, Grace Fellowship. Yeah. Uh, first thing I want to start off with is for somebody who's as introverted as I am, it's been really nice having such a laid back environment from people who aren't like overly trying to pull me in one direction or another. Mm -hmm. Um, and they've, they've all been very gracious towards me as far as just like allowing me to get to know people on my own time. So that, that's been great. But, um, one of the things that I, I was, uh, really, really excited for about grace and, um, it really just panned out where, um, I don't need to, uh, handhold mm -hmm. on the musicians or singers here, uh, or the, even the tech team, everybody knows what they're doing. Mm. And, um, I don't think I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that the, the worship team now realizes the quality that they produce by mm. themselves. Um, and that's probably for the best because I'm not I'm not saying like we should go around and compare ourselves to other churches, sure. but I think if they did do that, they'd be shocked to find out that oh, like things are really good here actually. Mm. Um, so what that did for me was that really opened up an opportunity for me to pour in spiritually, mm -hmm. and um, so we we start up like these devotionals before service, so. Uh, after rehearsal, um, every single Sunday, uh, that's what we're doing in the cry room is we're meeting up and we're, uh, doing a devotional and kind of centering ourselves to what we're about to do, uh, on stage for service, for the glorification of God, for the congregation, um, realizing that it's very much a, um, service position. It's not something where it's like we go up there and it's like this big old, uh, look at me platform. Mm -hmm. It's a look at God platform. Uh, we are here for the congregation and to be that example to, to show to them. And I had not been able to do that with a worship team for maybe a decade. Mm. Um, so this was like the first opportunity where I'm not like, okay, here is a basic chord. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, okay, like, here's why we worship. Here's why it's even important. And, um, that's been like a huge relief for me. Yeah. And I'll say as one of the members of the worship team, you know, I play bass a lot on Sundays and, um, when we had no worship leader, I was the one organizing and doing a lot of the organizational stuff. Um, but 
as a member of the worship team, it's been nice since you came in to feel that, like feel like, oh, this is not just a place where I come to serve because we have gifts and we like to serve and help, you know, um, glorify God and, and lift up the congregation and point them to God. But it's also a place where now I feel like we're getting poured into and served as well. And th- frankly, that's the goal for every ministry area. It's it's not that once you get into ministry on the serving side that you just are the, okay, now you're the authority figure, you know all, you you're the one whose turn it is to pour out to people. It's like, no, honestly, anytime you're serving, you should definitely be thinking, where am I getting poured into in my life too? Because if I'm not getting poured into by others, um, then what do I really have to offer? Because it kind of just stops at whatever capacity I have. And if that's just me giving all the time, that's going to be a tough way to serve successfully. So as a, as part of the worship team, it's been a, a something we've really needed for a little time now um where it's like yeah the instruments and stuff we've we've been managing enough but it's like this is spiritual growth this is um relational growth this is this is a good step for us as a worship team and i hope that that also ends up flowing into those that we serve at the church so it's been really cool to um have you here and to just develop the relationship with you on staff and as a friend and just continuing to get to know you better so that was one of the reasons we really wanted you on today to kind of share a little bit of that behind the scenes about you and tell people a little bit more about your life and what's going on and obviously i mean we basically just kind of covered the the tip of the iceberg with your ministry stuff there's obviously a whole person in there too that's even you know 30 some years of just developing and going through things on your own the good the bad the ugly um and there's a lot more to learn but i will for the most part say if you're listening to this, you should just get to know Nick. <laughs> like he just said, he's an introvert, so give him give him yeah, the uh, ability. I am very much introverted, but um, I'm also very much an open book. Yeah. I don't know how those two had have married together in, in my life, but they have. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally open to questions. Yeah, and- so he may not always be uh, accepting of every single invite that ever comes his way, um, but he is absolutely worth getting to know on a more deeper level and i yeah yeah (laughs) i encourage you to do so um it's been a fun time for me and for the whole staff here so um yeah i'm sorry this isn't your typical pastor doug talks about episode but it is a special edition nick burns talks about episode that we are we're excited to bring you this week so uh, in the future i'm excited to have nick on periodically and talk to him about some more probably worship or um, song-oriented questions, maybe. And uh, we might be doing a little bit of that in the future. But um, periodically, you'll hear from someone else different in these seats. And this week was Nick's opportunity. So thank you, Nick. I think that uh, um, people were probably excited. I don't know. I can't really speak. I'm going to listen to this later and be like grading it. But uh, no, it was great. It was great to have you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And for everyone else, uh, we will see you next week. And um, I hope you just have a great time. We have actually a worship event coming up this week. So if you're listening to this before that Friday night, hope you can make it there. If not, you're listening to this and you're like, well, that was three days ago. Well, just know you missed out. And um, there's going to be a lot more to look forward to, especially with Nick uh, helping out at the helm with uh, the worship stuff. So 
Um, I'm excited for what the rest of 2024 and, and the future holds for this church and for um, just Nick Burns in general. So thank you again, Nick. Uh, for everyone else, we will see you next time.